welcome to the Wellness Navigation Podcast. I'm Mitch here with my co-host Mike, and if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you or someone you know has had a challenge related to wellness and fitness, haven't made the progress that you want to make. On the show, Mike and I and our guests will review, inform, and share stories and experiences related to these challenges, why we think they occur, and how you can improve on these challenges. Combined, Mike and I have over decades of experience trained individuals and in group settings, and we've worked with people in the fields of CrossFit, Strongman, Jiu-Jitsu, Yoga, Powerlifting, Ultra Marathon, and beyond. We hope you enjoy this podcast. All right, Mike. So today we're talking recovery. For those that are listening, welcome back to another episode, which I guess this was already said in the intro, so I'm just going to stop myself there because it <laughs> plays an intro. So today we're talking recovery, Mike, and I have a story for you. Send that story. So I um, I was doing a CrossFit competition, teams of four. This was probably back in- Wadapalooza? T- no, 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 no. This was back when I was living in New Jersey. So this had to be 2000 and- uh, Is it a CrossFit Love? No, it wasn't a CrossFit Love. Shout out RIP. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this, this CrossFit competition was at a, uh, a gym. Actually, the gym owner was the female that won the first CrossFit games. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, bl- I'm blanking on her name, but she's very, very, very nice. And- so I did a, I did a competition there. It might have been maybe 2013, so way back because I started in 2011 or 2010. And um, the workout teams of four, one person goes while the other three people are accumulating 300 pull ups. <laughs> what the fuck? I know, right? CrossFit, <laughs> which uh, which I, I love. You know, competition throwdown. So being the young crazy high school uh, athlete, if this was 2012. Um, High school. you know, dating myself, graduated 2013, but I go out first and it's a chunk. It's one chunk of wall balls, one chunk of power cleans, and then I'm done except for now I go back and continue to help my other three teammates accumulate 300 pull-ups. So then the second person would come out, they would do a different series of movements where it was still wall balls and power cleans, but they, uh, they, did it in different rounds where I did it as like one set of wall balls, one set of power cleans. There's was a mix. <clears throat> and so I start helping chip away at these 300 pull-ups. Um, and I'm a little bit more of the gymnastics person at this point on the team. So I'm helping, you know, accumulate, I'm doing my butterfly. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so competitive. CrossFit games in five years, some shit like that. And, uh, this is essentially the story of how I probably had rhabdo and had T-Rex arms for like, uh, seven or eight days. <laughs> and meaning I completely <clears throat> relaxed my elbow, excuse me, my wrist would not drop behind, below the height of my elbow. So I literally looked like a T-Rex arm. How'd your pee look? Bro, I, not Coca-Cola. I, <laughs> so, the, so I go to a, uh, I go to one of those like uh, emergency care places. I forget what they're called. You know what I'm talking about? Like the 24 hour, not the emergency room, but I forget what bear care. Urgent is. care. Urgent care. That's the word. So I go there. And I mentioned the word rhabdo, and this guy has no fucking clue what I'm talking about. I'm like, you should at least know to be a hater for CrossFit. Come on, bro. You should know rhabdo. Um, That's what you're talking to. So he um, he ends up prescribing me muscle relaxers. That was probably the wrong prescription. It did nothing. Yeah. I felt no muscle relaxation whatsoever. (laughs) No. Uh, Went and got a massage. Anyway, the whole point of all this was I woke up in terrible pain with my arms stuck across my chest and not being able to straighten them out. And uh, it was one of the worst experiences ever. And the reason why this relates for me to recovery is because I think initially when people think recovery, they're like, 
okay, I got to stretch. I got to foam roll. I got to get my sleep, right? So then they start to broaden out into other things, but they always think post-workout. When in my opinion, recovery begins with the way you think about training, with the way you think about competing. And it's kind of like if you imagine a pyramid, if your thought of recovery is foam rolling and stretching after working out, (laughs) and you think that's the base of your pyramid, you're doing like the tiniest little peak of the pyramid there. Mm-hmm. And for me instead, <clears throat> I think if we're if we're sticking with this pyramid structure, that recovery is actually nutrition and sleep, right? At at the base, but within that base is also social circles and self-care. Mm-hmm. So I think it's nutrition, sleep, social circles, and self-care. And if those four things are lacking anywhere, you are totally fucked up the chain. So if I don't really like the people that I have to work with, but I really enjoy being at the gym, I got to have a little bit of a mix on the social circle there. And if I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm on the grind, I'm getting after it, I'm trading extra, I'm killing it at my work, well, I'm probably not getting sleep immediately dropping off. And so I'm kind of like eating okay because I'm doing some type of fitness activity. In this case, we're sticking with the uh, with the CrossFit example. So maybe I'm doing paleo, macros, whatever it is. It's It works for you. Cool. You're doing it. But you're not thinking about the way that you're approaching training. That's an immediate drop-off point for me. So if you're nutrition, you need to look at nutrition. You need to look at sleep. You have the, the social settings. Um, damn, what was the other one that I said after social settings? Self-care. Self-care. That's right. So self-care for me, this would not be things like stretching, foam rolling, and lacrosse balling or whatever it is or or band immobilization. Self-care for me has to be some type of non-passive activity, meaning this is where it turns to like, are you doing the thing or is the thing being like happening to you? Which in this case for me would be things like sauna, things like yoga or ice baths or or cold exposure, Um, things like going for like walks throughout your day, things that are going to help benefit your health, but you're just trying to be present while doing them. And that's kind of the point. So potentially things like foam rolling and lacrosse ball could fit under there, but I think it's better the more natural, the more natural it is, right? Like I, meaning going for a walk in the sunlight in the morning and at nighttime to set your circadian rhythm with the sunlight on your face, on your skin and on your eyes mm-hmm. is a lot different than hanging out in an LED lit gym with, or like fluorescent lighting and just like foam rolling your quads cause they're sore. So, uh, so, so I'm listening to you correctly. Yeah. Yeah. As it pertains to your story, mm. this is, this is a uh, pre care instead of not post care. Right. This is like, yeah, I would say pre care. What, what, what you should be doing on a regular basis. Yeah, to help with your recovery. This is like a like a booster for your for your for your healthcare. For yeah. your healthcare like for it kind of begins before. Yeah, you know, air quotes. Yeah. So your everyday, your, your everyday recovery should be part of your everyday activities. Activities, not so much as your like. You're just we're just thinking pass a workout. Yeah, <clears throat> especially as it pertains to your story. And I'll and I agree with everything you say when it comes to your 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 everyday care, not just pre care. Which my everyday care at that time was, was terrible because I was yeah. a high school You're senior younger. or a freshman college yeah. student just doing wild shit. Yeah, yeah, that's normal. We learn, we learn over time, right? How how mm-hmm. our body it takes some time for us to learn. You luckier you, lucky for luckier for you, you learned at a really at a lot younger age how to do proper 
proper self care for yourself and help with your recovery. <clears throat> so, you know, like, and I understand that. I was also like, it took me a while to like learn that because I was also a pretty crazy athlete as well. Um, when it comes to like, I lot we were different athletes, right? I, just, I did, I did coached, and I've I've was involved in CrossFit for been for a very long time, mm-hmm. but I was very much a strength based athlete. So, what I thought back in the day looked like like what recovery looked like to me was, um, <clears throat> some steady state cardio, not so much heavy cardio. It's more like it's just steady state, like just to help move my muscles, but also was. Um, accessory work and mm-hmm. also mashing and um, all kinds of stuff like like that. So and st- like stem muscular stem work and all you know stretching as well. But and would like involved yoga and stuff like that. So that was just a part of the physicality part of the recovery part basis. Yeah, as the self care. I guess we can go about what you were saying. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, my nutrition was generic at best it wasn't like i had to mo- mostly had to like f- force food yeah. in me as much as much food as possible it was it was the bulk of it was generally healthy food yeah. like healthy whole foods but the back end was just like shit a pint of fucking ice cream or like <laughs> gotta get those calories man <laughs> gotta get those calories in uh, like you, i'm going some uh, an athlete going from like a regular athlete going from like three thousand calories a day you know who that works like Two, works out two hours a day yeah. to like an athlete that ate eight to ten thousand calories a day just to get as much mass as possible. It's such work when there's that much food. It's even I want to say even five thousand calories is a damn job to get yeah. in when it comes to nutrition like that. But like that's what and, it was like when I was drinking a half gallon of chocolate milk every day. Yeah, <laughs> but and I still drink a gallon of milk a day, and everyone's like, "No, why oh would you do God. that?" I don't drink it every day. I drink it every week. I drink about a gallon of milk okay, a week. Yeah. So it's not too bad. You should just buy a cow. <clears throat> I mean. I mean, for the price of it is for a gallon of gas, yeah, for sure should buy a gallon. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> yeah, I th- I think that when we're talking about recovery as a whole, I think mm-hmm. it should be a broader spectrum. Like I think there's passive and and um, there's passive and active um, styles of how we should be doing things. Like passive meaning examples of passive recovery would be the sauna. Yeah, because it's a passive workout. When you're in the sauna, you're your heart rate jumps up anywhere between 120 to 180, depending on the type of person you are and your mm-hmm. your level of yep. um, ability to take some exposure. Um, even when the ice plunge, too, is your ability to recover your heart rate from a high heart rate to a lower Low level, heart level heart rate. That's as much uh, of a passive workout as well. So <clears throat> I do agree with you. Like I think we need to start thinking uh, towards recovery as a, a lot broader of a spectrum most like post pre and post care from not just our mm-hmm. workouts, but from how our day looks like particularly. I think it's important to consider the person's mindset and their relationship to what There's it is. There's that word again, mindset. I know. The common thread, awareness and mindset. Uh, so when, when you and I say passive and active for me, what that means is, your muscles in the sense of like your main musculature might be passive, meaning like you're not doing anything. It's, it's relaxed. But what I mean is mentally you are actively present. Mm -hmm. So you can be zoned out, not paying attention, expecting the sauna to fix you, which I think is the wrong approach. Yeah. Or 
another example for that would be I throw on a ROM wad or whatever mobility app or mobility wad and I'm kind of following along, but I'm also scrolling through Instagram and Facebook yeah. or I'm like answering some like work emails. Uh, I see this sometimes happen, n- not in the recovery sense, when people come in and they're on their phone when they're at the gym training. It's like you are not, you're not being actively present. You're, you're being passive. And is that going to happen every once in a while? Yeah. But that's going to negate your gains or in this case, it's going to negate your recovery. So talking about more specifics of recovery, I like the idea of kind of running through what people normally think of recovery as and then really getting a baseline down of what are kind of bare bones things that you need as fundamental parts of your recovery practice. And I like that we've started by saying your recovery practice begins by knowing that it's not just post-workout. It's not just your sleep. It is how you live. Your recovery, if we're talking about your states, you have the freeze, the flow, the fight, and the flight. Well, you're going to be recovering likely best when you're in that flow state. Uh, Maybe the lower end, not into freeze, but where you are calm, but you can socialize. Uh, Your your nervous system is not in a sense of hypervigilant fight or flight response. Like you're going to be recovering there, but you don't want to live in recovery, but you also don't want to live in fight or flight. We mentioned this before by saying uh, for some people it's painful to calm down. And for these individuals, it would be like you work, 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 and then you take a vacation and you get sick because you rested and your body is like, it just crashes because it's so gas pedal heavy that you end up just getting sick or this would be, you know, you get injured, so you take Tylenol so you can train things like that. And when we create this baseline, I think it has to have nutrition, which I think is super obvious. That's kind of like a, you know, a, a, a beaten word there. So you stick with nutrition, you have great sleep. I want to touch on, on that maybe either, either now or later, because I think it's important to get quality sleep and that quality sleep, there's a given pull between that and quantity of sleep because quantity doesn't guarantee quality. And I feel like people get seven to nine hours, but it's a shitty seven to nine hours. I think. So let's talk. I guess let's talk sleep first. No, I mean, I want. I kind of want to touch about what you're already saying, which yeah. is like we, we, one, we want to create some healthy habits yeah. for ourselves. And what I mean by healthy habits is like it takes, I don't know, what, 60 to 90 days to actually have to retain a healthy habit. Yeah, of acting on it. Yep. You know, so if you, but you have to diligently be consistent on, you know, acting on that healthy habit. For yeah. it to even kick in for you, like, because we have shitty habits every day that, you know, we don't notice that we have that yeah. in, in, interact with our stuff. And when you when you talk about sleep, the easiest way to, to fix that unhealthy habit that you have about just how you go to sleep is yeah. setting yourself up for success. And I'm glad we're starting with sleep because sleep I because I this past six months I've invested a lot of time in just focusing on my sleep because it's been one of the things. I very much struggle with in the past, like, I don't know, 10 years. And I never really, I never really sat that invested in my time. So what I mean by invested in my time, I made sure my mattress was like quality and was going to help me sleep. I made sure the sheets that I had were not going to like interrupt me in the middle of the night or they're just like, they're good sheets that I can, Mm -hmm. like, I feel comfortable in. Um, the room temperatures are the right temperature. And I, and I'm talking about room temperatures has to be cold anywhere between 68 to 70 degrees. Possibly be lower, but <clears throat> I like it cold because I just it makes lower body temperatures help you help you at rest. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my phone no longer no longer sits in my room. My um, it I, I, I keep it out in my living room now. So it's like when I'm not so I know that I'm not gonna be on it for an hour. Because like it's it's almost like I don't know if you guys have played video games in your past where like you're playing Halo. Mm-hmm. One hour seems like like five minutes seems like two hours. Yeah, it flies like, by. It flies by because you're just you're you're checked out. Um, <clears throat> I'm also made sure my room is as dark as possible. So it's like there's a lot of things that if you don't set yourself up for some type of success to do, to make this habit healthy, but also I have involved my Apple watch. So like just to, just to record my sleep. So I know I have a quantifiable way to check my REM sleep, my deep sleep, see how I'm I'm working, how my sleep is actually functioning. So I think that's important to understand. Like, like Mitchell said is like, it's not the quantity of the amount of sleep. It's the quality of the sleep. And we, we don't want, we want to focus on that deep sleep. The longer of deep sleep we have, the more actual rest we have. Mm-hmm. And people get confused between the REM and the deep. And the deep is where we get the most of our recovery in, not yep. so much the REM sleep. And the REM sleep's good, It's but it's, it's like the light. It's, that's the sleep that puts you out for a little bit. But you need your REM to go right into your deep. So, and if you keep getting woken up. You're not getting into deep sleep. You're not getting into deep sleep. And if it's like <clears throat> your your sleep should look like if you're looking at it, let's say you're looking on your whoop or you're looking at it on your on your Apple Watch, it should look like an anal, like a digital signal, right? Digital meaning like the waveforms are looking squared off, right? Yeah. It shouldn't look like an analog signal where you have waves. You shouldn't be in and out of your sleep all the time on a wave. Yeah. You shouldn't be riding a wave up. You shouldn't be riding a wave down. It should be directly asleep. I'm awake. Sleep, awake. It should. You don't want to be awake, but like. It's almost like light or sleep. Lighter sleep, yeah. Yeah, but you want to make sure these these deep sleep cycles are longer than others. And <clears throat> the only way to do that is, like I said, to set yourself up for success when you sleep. Like invest in your sleep. It's the one th- between your sleep and nutrition. Those are the two things I want to say that are probably the most important when it comes to recovery. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm not feeding my body right, my sleep's going to be off. If I'm not sleeping right, and I'm probably not going to eat the way I want to eat. You know, it's like there's a lot of things that are coming. Especially it works. And it affects your mindset and it affects the way you interact with people on a daily basis. And it affects a lot of things and like sleep's extremely important. There's a lot of studies that we have now on sleep are crazy. Even I think I read a study. Um, I can't remember the name of the study, but I got to get back to it um, just because I don't want to like misspeak, misspeak. But um, I stopped smoking weed before I went to go to sleep because it actually affects your sleep. Your it, deep sleep, it, yeah. It, it tur- like it turns, yeah, it turns your sleep into an analog signal instead of a digital signal, meaning like you may go into REM sleep really quick. But it fucks your deep sleep all the way up because you ride the wave back up into being awake. And it just, it, so I stopped smoking weed before I went to bed. So things like that. So it's just like, it's also, this is a whole testing cycle. Like you guys need to, Trust people need to be more active about testing how things are going to work on them on a regular mm-hmm. basis. But also, like I said, like set yourself up for success. See what happens. Yeah. I want to talk even more about setting yourself <laughs> up for success because I think what that really fundamentally means is your nervous system is acting as a proper tool that's interpreting signals correctly. What I mean by that is you're saying the room is dark. It is your phone's not in your room. Your uh, it's cold. All of these different things. You're not playing video games before bed. You're not smoking cannabis before bed. You're not um, having all the bright lights on, including some of the things that I do. 
Um, I'm not watching TV up to the moment I go before bed. I don't bed, have a TV in my room. Right. Kind of like, hey, it's a, it's a, or even in the like, living room. Yeah. It's like you have this sunset, uh, technology sunset, whereas the sunsets, you stop using technology. Setting yourself up for success in this case is, is performing those habits. But really, on a, funda le on a fundamental level, again, what that means is your nervous system, your body, your, and your brain, right? All of these components know, not in like a you consciously thinking about it way, but they know the sun is setting. It is time for me to recover. It is time to go to sleep. And everything that should be firing correctly is where you're getting that melatonin release. You're starting to get sleepy. It's creeping up as the sun sets. You've hopefully, again, setting yourself up for success, got sunlight on your eyes and did movement in the morning to go, okay, it's daytime. It's time to take action. So you've set this, uh, you've set this internal body clock that you need and your body knows what's happening. It doesn't think, oh, wait, is it, is it laid out? Is it, is it early? I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, there was an interesting study that was showing when people are on their phones or some type of blue light before bed, it delays melatonin release and it also releases less melatonin later. So you get less sleepy and you get sleepy later, which is just a disaster for, for sleep. And you might get the duration of sleep you need, but it's poor quality like we mentioned. So when you set yourself up for success at all throughout the day for recovery, you are optimizing the way that your nervous system is aware of what's happening internally and then of what's happening external from you, right? Because again, you're always one layer separate from the world where your nervous system is interpreting what is causing external signals such as touch, such as heat or cold, such as uh, light, like what is causing this? So when it comes to things like let's talk about recovery, maybe in a more traditional sense from a workout, just to give a brief example, you finish a workout, your heart rate's extremely high, and then you just really quickly clean your shit up, you grab your keys, you get in your car, you go back to work. Mm -mm. Well, your body is like, holy shit, I just mm -hmm. fought something. What is happening? You obviously, did you win or lose? Your body doesn't know. So then you crash into freeze and then you're in like a daze the rest of the day, kind of like super lethargic, really tired. And then what do you have to do? Smash some caffeine to pick yourself back up. So your body clock, your your body's tools for interpretation are not working correctly. And you're, you could have avoided that if you had, we talked about breathing, right? If you had focused on your breathing and then through breath work, calmed your heart rate down, pressed a little bit on the brake pedal by stimulating that vagus nerve. So your body knows, okay, there's no more threat. You started socializing. That's one of my favorite things to tell people to do after a workout. One of your best recovery tools, ride the bike really slow so you can learn how to consume lactate. That's a thing from uh, Chris Henshaw. Mm -hmm. But then more importantly, talk to other people because part of being in that more flow recovery state is you are correctly able to interpret facial signals, tone, and, uh, and body language. Well, I mean, everyone can think about this. When you finish a workout and you're dead laying around on the ground or like standing up and just like really, really feeling obliterated, you don't really know what people are saying to you. You're kind of all out of it. All you're focusing on is trying not to die. And then once you start to be able to have conversations with people to really be able to read their facial expressions and their body language, your breathing is also lowering down, your nasal breathing a little bit more, and you're optimizing your recovery. Then you get in your car, then you go to work and you feel normal. Because you're not crashing. You didn't tell your nervous system, I lost this flight. Let's drop into freeze, you know, make sure we survive. And that can be th – that little explanation there I think can be used across essentially all of the things because we just did the example with sleep. And then – excuse me. We just did the example with, with post-workout.
So I think that that is a really, really important component because then it almost matters with the exception of sleep and how you're eating and, you know, broad general term, living in a more natural way. It really just comes down to if you want to optimize your recovery, you have to know when your body is not in a recovery mode. You have to know when your body is having the opportunity to recover and you have to be aware of how you feel throughout the day because recovery isn't just working out. If you are in a fight response all day at work, your heart rate's going to be elevated. Your blood pressure is going to be elevated. You go train, it's only going to get higher. And that happens again every once in a while, not a problem. But if that's literally how you live seven days a week, it doesn't matter if you take one or two rest days of not training, you are still fucking yourself. This is, this is a good segue into talking about people's whoops. Bro, people just don't even know how to use them. Love whoop, in, don't even use it anymore. Which is interesting because like <clears throat> I like I like seeing nothing nothing is whoop. I, I think it's a good piece of analytics. Yeah. For sure. I'm oh, a, it can be used. It can be used very fantastically. But I think people just like what they see is they see like, oh shit, I'm ninety eight freaking percent recovered. <laughs> I can go hard. We can just fucking just go balls Woo! to the wall. I'm gonna freaking just blast this freaking doors off my freaking my body. You know, I'm like, nah. doesn't matter that I went out on a bender last night. I know. My loop says I'm green, bitches. <laughs> you know, I'm like shit. I'm like, no, nah, I don't think it works that way. And you're about to find out extremely oh, quick. But tomorrow, after you're just like, you just just killed yourself. Yeah. So I'm like, <clears throat> I don't think, um. Which is funny because we were talking about like setting yourself up for success when we talk about mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and sleep and all that. Which, and I, when I went through yoga teacher training, we, they, there's a um, a process that they use the yogis use every day. It's called their, their process is called which is like it's called dinacharya, which is like it's almost the same thing. Like you, yeah. you wake up in the morning before the sun comes up. Yep. You you do your sun salutation. You meditate. You breathe. You, you drink water. Drink a little bit of water in the morning. Yeah. You know. You just you know, brush your face off. Um, you do your sun salutations in the sun, facing the sun. So like you get that the sun's rays and you, you know, your body's that. waking up, you're moving with the sun first thing in the morning, you go into your meditation then you like shower, clean yourself up, brush your teeth, all that stuff. Um, scrape your tongue, whatever they need to tell you to do. Yeah. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> go into taking, eating your breakfast. Right. So they tell you to eat a nice light breakfast and then go, it's, it's, it's funny routine. how like. This is not new shit, people. Like it's no. like it's just been around for years. Just people like we, I think we've we've been inundated over the years about how we should be taking care of our body. Like if it's not like have a full on like freaking five eggs in the morning and all this shit, and you know like you know brush your teeth in the morning. We we've been told as kids like wake up in the morning, brush your teeth, you know shit, shower, shave, all that, tra- all that trash. Fucking eat breakfast and like you know we those have been like. Every style of, you know, culture has their way of waking up in the morning. And yeah. Having that way, what I say, setting yourself up for success. But like, which was interesting when you were, you were talking, we're literally talking about sleep. I'm like, oh man, I just it's literally I had to go through that whole process when I was going to yoga teacher training. Yeah. But also it's never, it's almost the same process even if it was the military going through like waking up in the morning. That's why the whole shit shower shave comes in. Um, and every, every, person has in some way has grown up with a process of yep. how to wake up, how to like start their day, how to like, you know, go to sleep properly. It's, 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 it's those bad habits we need to fix to help us mm-hmm. move our bodies with some more perform, better performance and recover better. But <clears throat> back to the whoop. Yes. Cause I'm excited to talk about this because it's one of those <laughs> things that 
wearable tech is becoming more and more popular. Very much so. Between Apple Watch, Aura Ring, and Whoop. Yeah. And, I mean, Whoop is the one that probably you and I have had the most experience with just because yeah. so many people in the CrossFit community wear it. And then it's like you it – it can for sure be used for your benefit. But I feel like probably really most of us think we're using it beneficially. But in reality, it's not – it might not necessarily be set up for the for the best user success. And I think this, again, comes back to um, – I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast. I, or no, excuse me. I might have mentioned it on the Men's Health Unscripted one we were on, which is uh, Goodhart's Law and then the Cobra Effect. Yeah. So just to say them again really quickly, uh, Charles Goodhart, previous British economist, was essentially saying if you have something that's a measure, hours slept, hours in REM sleep, deep sleep, HRV, resting heart rate, elevated heart rate. Uh, now they do SBO2 levels, things like that. If you take those things that are measures and you make them targets to be achieved, it is no longer a good measure. So if I go, I'm going to try and get my resting heart rate as low as possible, there's an initial assumption that that is going to immediately help you reach your goal, which is to be healthier in this case, maybe. Excuse me. So that's not always the case. And then this is where you get things like the Cobra effect, which is this. the story is when I believe it was – I'm not 100% positive. But I think it was when India was under colonial rule, uh, there was one of the major cities that had just an insane amount of snakes. And so the government goes, okay, if you bring us snakes that are dead, we'll, we'll give you money because you're killing local snakes. So what did people start doing? Well, you had a measure, snake population. You made it a target. I want it to decrease. Uh, and then incentive. I will give you money to do that. Um, and the incentive in this case for a whoop might be you get to bat, brag with your friends, I'm in green, or it gives you uh, validation and motivation to maybe train harder Dope on green me. days. Or if it's a red day, it gives you that validation of maybe I will take a rest. You know, I've worked really hard. So in this case, with the snake story, uh, what do people start doing? Well, you want to make some money, so I'm going to make a snake farm. Yeah. And now I'm farming these snakes, making snake. all this money. The government finds out about it, goes, hey, sorry, y'all, we're not paying you any more monies for them snakes. And what happens? The snake population then increases because the snake farmers were like, okay, well, these are pointless. I'm not going to keep them. It's just costing me money now. And they release all the snakes and the snake population increases. Well, that's a terrible, that's a, that's a terrible perverse incentive, <clears throat> but it was set with good intentions. So when it relates to the whoop, you are incentivized to wear it, to track your metrics, all of the ones that we've listed, including answering journal questions, which I definitely want to talk about those. Um, and the result is you think that you'll become more healthy, but when in, but in reality, I th it's more stressful. It's more stressful. And I do. And again, I do want to preface and like restate the whoop can be used beneficially. Yes. But what most people end up doing is hyper-focusing on it, letting it dictate what they do and completely ignoring uh, internal interoceptive signals, and then they lose that skill of interoception of focusing internally. And then you get things like, okay, well, my quantity of sleep really matters. My my uh, REM sleep and deep sleep are changing, but then you're not really making connections on what is going to improve your health. And then you likely are unintentionally setting perverse incentives. Because I, even with the group setting stuff, I'm really hyped that I have the highest recovery and I have the highest strain. Ha <laughs> ha, bitches. You know, I'm like top of the leaderboard. And I'm it just becomes like, yeah, it just becomes <laughs> terrible. Or like you had said, I know, right? And just like you had said earlier, 
Um, oh, well, you know what? I'm in the green. Even though I feel like shit, I'm in the green. So yeah. I'm going to go really hard today. And it's like, well, should well, you? <clears throat> that's what people understand. Like, I think I want to see a large per- – I, I don't know the statistic, but I'm pretty sure a large percentage of people don't actually know how to use a whoop correctly. They just no. they just follow the guidelines. I'm in the green. I'm good. I can work out really hard. If I'm in the yellow, I can't work out as hard. Stuff like that. Even though they even though they're in the yellow, I still I can work out as hard. Oh yeah. But there's and then red there's, is rest. There's large, especially if you wear if you're an avid wear and you wear it nonstop. There's a crap ton of analytics you can look about how you're actually you're you're performing, and it's yeah. When it comes to sleep, all that it's you go the third. There's a thirty day out one. There's a two month out one. There's a four month out, six month, and the whole your whole year of analytics. So it's like you can see trending. This yeah. is actually really good for like seeing how your performance is over time. Like that's what I'm saying. I was like, I don't think people understand. Like, and it gives you a large printout, like yeah. where your HRV is and how it's been improved or decreased. Well, that's the like, thing people glance over. <clears throat> you can print it out. Like this is like uh, I have a couple athletes. Um, um, Marta's one of them. She gives. She I told her, "Give me your analytics on how you where you're wearing your stuff." And I'm like, and I, I try to tell her, "I was like, this is where you can improve. Like, this is yeah. you can improve here. You can you can improve here by like also like your sleep is crappy, and this is this is the quality of sleep you've been getting. Like your deep sleep over time hasn't increased; it's actually decreased because you know we got to. This is some. This is a part we should fucking we can probably fix yeah. by just creating some healthy habits. So like over like there's it could be used for really good if you just know how to use yeah the analytics you're getting fed so like it's not just like i, I mean and i guess it's it's still no no different than any fad diet out there or fad yeah. like oh my god i got the new fucking uh noble fucking shoes you know like it says my favorite <laughs> athlete's name on the bottom bro what, they, what, they are cool but <clears> but on, i'm just saying th- this this is a tool. toy story vibe this right is there. yeah this is legit this is why this is why I love when people wear weightlifting belts. You, you, are you talking about when they're doing wall balls? They're they're wearing weightlifting belts. <laughs> and when you, when you see guys doing curls in the gym, doing weightlifting belts, you know <laughs> shit like that. I'm like, you, this is not to protect your fucking back. This is a fucking tool. This is a tool to, to increase abdominal pressure, so we yeah. can just you know use this as a it's a fucking tool. Not like like oh my god, I look cool because I'm really lifting heavy curls. Like no. Like, this is a fucking tool. Just like your fucking whoop is a tool. The aura ring is a tool. Yeah. The like, tool isn't inherently <clears throat> bad. It's how you use it. Exactly. It's like, and so it's no different than wearing fucking glasses, bro. Like, you know, yeah. if you use the glasses properly and well, regularly, you know. Speaking of glasses and and uh, journaling in the whoop, I think this is super fascinating. And I'd be interested to hear what you've experienced with the athletes that you work with when you look at their whoops. Um, the... In a in a perfect way, if someone wants to to use the journaling, in my opinion, which would be considered correct, is you know exactly how the journaling is impacting you. So I did a sauna. I did an ice bath. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wore blue light glasses. Okay, that increased or decreased my recovery because it shows you in that in that thirty sixty ninety day what those did. But see, here's the thing: what if um, for, for me personally, if you guys hear anything in the background, we have a lovely dog named Bridges coming in. Mario Lopez. What's up? There's Bodie. What's up, CJ? Um, so I was wearing blue light glasses, right? Cause normally you'd think like, oh yes, I was wearing blue light glasses. I started wearing them at this time and it's going to make my recovery better. Well, this is, this is wonderful, right? That, that makes sense. I'm not getting as much blue light. So then after a little bit of time, I was like, okay, 
the blue light ended up almost being, or, or it ended up being a negative as in my recovery went down when I had blue light glasses on. I'm like, why is that happening? Well, blue light glasses ended up making me want to, uh, it ended up making me wear or, or excuse me, wear them later at night more often. So essentially I wore blue light glasses. Yay. This is great. But I also ended up watching more TV because of it, which meant I went to bed later, which meant I wasn't getting as good quality sleep because, hey, it's great it that you're wearing blue light glasses. But also, if you're still watching <laughs> hype TV before you go to bed, your nervous system is still getting hyper, mm-hmm. like amped the fuck up. I'm not going to be able to be chill. I later remember this. Everyone was real hard on Squid Game before Halloween, right? This was baller. Dude, I literally would watch that before bed and I would be laying in bed with like restless leg syndrome, not being able to go to sleep. Because shot, bro. Yeah, because my body's so <laughs> fucking hype that, oh shit, all these people are dying and I can't go to sleep. But you know, hey, I wore blue light glasses. Mm-hmm. So again, perverse incentive, Cobra effect. Yeah. And I think that that happens more often than not. Another example would be a lot of people have a negative when they're in the sauna, or at least I believe the whoop had said that. And then I had seen with myself, right. Um, a positive benefit, but I'd known other people that had net negatives when they were in the sauna. And it's like, well, what if you're choosing to do the sauna? Cause you, and this is just a hypothetical example. What if you're choosing to use the sauna? Cause you know, it, it makes you feel better after a night out drinking. Cause we have people that come to the sauna hungover. All, it's not all the time, right? All the time. So, or, or yeah. So not all the time is in the total number of people that no, we no, have, no. but I'm just saying it happens. Yeah. It's it's not um, abnormal. Yeah. So, well, yeah, no shit. The sauna is now associated with a negative recovery because you literally were getting drinks the night before, which is going to for sure be a negative on your recovery. But then again, you were expecting the sauna to be the tool that fixed you. So, again, <clears throat> when we're talking about recovery, is it the, is it the sauna that's going to help you or is it maybe not going out and having drinks every weekend that's going to be the benefit? And I think that when people go about doing the sauna or not the sauna, the journaling in a, in a really special way for me, that would be cut down the number of journal entries that you do in whoop. You can have like, I don't know. I assume more than 50. Yeah. Just make a generic amount. But for me, it it would be like, are you having sexual engagements? Are you doing sauna? Right. The things that you do most consistently. Like it should either be, yes, I'm definitely doing it, or there will be a couple days where it's no. And if you're able to keep track of those things, that will be significantly better than answering, did I follow this type of diet? Did I, uh, you know, smoke cannabis if I don't really do that that often? If I go through and essentially just make sure, I guess I would boil it down to, you need to review the journal questions that you have. And if you probably have more than, I mean, I'm just making this up, but for me, when I was using it, I tried not to have more than maybe 10, um, which I did not do a good job of having because I was like, oh, a new thing for me to track. Let me try this. It, it just becomes overwhelming and then you don't get to use it as a beneficial tool. So then it's a, it becomes a stressor too. It's like, no, there's no point yeah. in doing it. Like, and, I, and I think this, we, it all comes back, circle backs to like, what's your intention behind what you're about to do? I, I really like, like, I think the past two, I want to say, I want to say about two years, my my thing in life has been like fuck around and find out. That's my scientific method. Like I'm generating hypothesis. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working through the hypothesis, and if it doesn't work, I go back to it. Yeah. Like and I and I continue to, this whole thing the whole entire time. Like <clears throat> it's the same thing. I think you guys should if you put something towards like your whoop or you're going to use something, have proper intention behind it, and it even comes down to your recovery too, your rest days, whatever you we, you're, you're talking about when it comes to recovery. 
what's your intention behind it? If your intention of wearing the whoop is to make sure you're recovered properly every day, well, it takes a lot more than just saying your whoop's telling you you're recovered. You know? Yeah. It takes a lot more than just going to the sauna every day just because that's what helps you think you think so helps you recover. And also because, how do you actually feel? Yeah. How do you feel? Like are you completely present with how do you feel in the sauna after? Tell me what you feel like. Do you do your muscles feel less fatigued? Do they like you feel like a little bit more regenerated? Like how do you feel after you stretch? Do you is like like I think Mitchell and I both constantly ask you know, and this is like one big thing that when I was going through some of the CrossFit seminars, I say, don't say feel. I was like, ah, I think I want to use feel. I just, I think it's differently. I think it's the way you use the word and its intention towards the athlete. What muscle group are you currently feeling when you're doing this exercise? After this workout, what do you feel like? How is your breath working? Mm-hmm. How are your muscles feel? Like, are, do you feel like, is your, do you feel like out of energy? Do your muscles just feel tired? Like, it's these are important like these are important little things to help you tune and in, tune into your recovery extremely important things like this, this this helps you move on to like what should i do to help guide this into something for tomorrow that i can if i want to go hard yeah what can i do to like <clears throat> tweak these days to make them a little bit better for me to, for, for tomorrow and so, like i said it's more than just telling your group telling you're 98 percent recovered it's more than just saying like <clears throat> i got eight hours of sleep okay did you get is that one hour of deep sleep out of those eight hours? Or is it like, yeah. did you constantly wake up even though it says you got eight hours of sleep? Like, this is a lot of information we're throwing at you at the same time as, but like, these are the, the tools you're using. They have a shit ton of information. Fucking use it. Why wouldn't you? This is to your yeah. benefit. Like, and then it goes back to the general thing. Don't inundate your, you know, your life with like more stressors. Analysis paralysis. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's, it's, a, it's like pretty much adrenal fatigue. If you think about it, it's just like, I'm just, so don't get stuck on and like so much analysis that you're like that's like all you're driven by like because it's that's also another stressor and you're not doing yourself any good. But <clears throat> I like to move on to rest days. This is part of a recovery, right? What does a rest day look like to you, Mitchell? That's a great question. Um, a rest day for me, for sure, still includes movement. Mm-hmm. I think when people go, "It's a rest day. I'm not going to move my body." That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. You're you're made to move every day. It's just relatively speaking, that changes the intensity. So for me, a recovery day is even something as simple as like going out and running errands. It sounds it sounds kind of simple, but I love on the weekends going uh, out with Brit to like places like Target and stuff like that because we'll just like walk around. We're walking, right? We're moving, um, and I'm not going to necessarily go crush myself in the gym, but normally my recovery day is on Saturday and Sunday. And for me, that's, I wake up, I go to jujitsu because for me, it's a cardio piece, but it's not necessarily a super intense strength training piece. And if I'm going to get really wrecked and fatigue as far as how I feel and when I was wearing a whoop, what it was telling me, my strain would be high after jujitsu days, but it was, it was more of like, okay, if I'm lifting really heavy or pushing super high intensity for, for, uh, like interval based stuff, not in, not in specifically the, uh, a jujitsu manner, like with weights or with sprints or, or throwing around kettlebells and stuff that would be what would make me feel really, really wrecked. And then also the correlate would be my whoop recovery would be much lower. So my recovery day is I go to, um, I go to jujitsu, then I lead a sauna session, and then the rest of the day I'm just like either walking or sitting on the ground, hanging out with Brit, cooking food. Uh, maybe we're going out with friends later in the day, and then on Sunday I do the same thing. I go to jujitsu in the morning, 
we're walking around maybe with the dogs going on walks in the afternoon. And then I do another sauna session on Sunday. And those end up being a little bit more of my lower volume recovery, take it easy days. And that's because for me, Monday, Tuesday, uh, and Friday are my really, really, really high intensity days. Cause I'll usually do, uh, jujitsu and we'll say like functional training, whether that's CrossFit or strongman or whatever it is. Um, with the exception of Friday, I literally just try and do as much crazy bodybuilding, get a pump sesh volume, you know, cause it's Friday, you know, get a, get a big old pump on going into Friday night. I guess my point in the whole rest day is like you're you're active. Oh yeah, I'm doing shit. Yeah, so, <clears throat> I'm not I'm just, just hanging out on a foam roller. I don't quite lift. I saying I lift heavy is kind of relative to me. Like it's like <laughs> I if if you were to, if somebody were to walk in and watch me lift, they'd be like, "Holy shit, what the hell is that?" For me, relatively for what I'm my strength is, it's, it's, it's fine. It's normal. It's like actually it's it's lighter. It's probably like less than sub maximal work. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> My rest days, what they usually look like are, I don't know. I, I kind of like to do. I like doing the stamina work they have here at the gym. So oh it's just yeah. Like, like today. Is that what you're doing earlier on the bike? Yeah, I did. I did. A, I did 20 minutes, and I did like um, it's almost like a longer Tabato. I did like a minute 30 on, and 30 seconds off mm-hmm. for 20 minutes. And yeah. I did that like at, for distance. So like, I do that, and then I just start swinging the mace to club. I do accessory work. That's moving my, your body. It's moving my body, and it's not it had nothing to do with like heavy volume. It had nothing. It, I just I'm just doing things that are going to move my body, but also um, help support the help support the muscles that I've already worked out the week. That's yeah. all I'm really doing, and, that, and, that, and that's basically it's like that's like usually my recovery or my rest days, and. Um, Sorry, we're, we're dealing with doggos. There, there's lovely pups in the in the <clears throat> office with us. But um, that's usually what we do with our rest days. As long as I'm staying moving, and and I usually use saunas on my rest days too because it's an oh, active, so it's it's a passive way to to work out. But I also do um um some of my rest day and recovery days is just like Annette's new and hot yoga flow, and that's it's amazing. And it's it's good. It's because because I I moved my body for sixty minutes. In some intense, in some like one on one heat, and after and it's, it's a lot of stretching, it's a lot of you know up and down, up and down. It's it's just moving. It's not like something completely strenuous because for the past like I don't know like three years, I've been really working on my breath work. So I'm not like I'm in there. My heart rate's going, but my breath. I'm only. I'm not even at a gear one yet. So it's just like I'm breathing. My breathing's checked in. I'm present. My intention set for I'm just here for recovery, and if yeah. if I get to a part where I'm like I feel like muscular fatigue, I just get down and like a child's pose stuff like that. <clears throat> but the whole point I want to talk about rest rest days, rest or recovery days, I and mean, it's the same same difference in my book, um, is that it's not me just sitting on the fucking couch. It's not me just I do my work day and then I'm sitting on the couch, yeah. or it's not me getting lit up watching TV. Yeah, like sedentarism is not really freaking great, you know. It's not it's, it doesn't good for good for your body over time. Just like it gets, I get stiff. I don't know about you, like oh my god, yeah, yeah. So it's just like you, I think rest days need to be have a different, you know, maybe it has a different name. I don't know. Maybe to call it something different these days. Maybe just like a movement day because movement, movement and exercise aren't like, the same thing. It, I think your our body. I, I tell everybody motion's lotion, right? And I, mm. and I say that because if we don't move our bodies, they get stiff, right? We're like the Tin Man. If I don't oil these these joints on a regular on a regular basis, if they're not through movement or through just walking around or just like like even a sauna session, I'm just like sitting there. I 
if I don't do that, I'm going to get stiff. Yeah. And, and, and my joints hurt and like uh, it, and I, I need, I need some, some type of like neurological motion to help my body actually like, you know, what's the way I'm going to, kind of way I want to say this. My muscles need to fire so I can have some neurological function as in my brain needs a stimulus just as much as my freaking, my muscles do. Yes. So, and that's where I'm going with that. So, you know, I, I really love that you were saying like motion is lotion in the sense of, I think when people try to do recovery in a less effective way, it's normally not their initial fault. It's more of, they don't realize it. And kind of like thinking about it, I would say a majority of people fall in a couple different categories. And I think when someone doesn't do motion as lotion, when they do the, I just need to foam roll, Theragun, all that fun stuff, they would fall into a category that I would call a sedentary exerciser. So you have movers, you have sedentary exercisers, and then you have sedentary individuals. And I think that these three different groups fundamentally approach recovery different, completely different. So if you're a sedentary individual, you don't have enough movement as your baseline. So it's not necessarily that you're not recovering. You're not getting enough of a stimulus to generate change to then gain a benefit. Is that called like, is that like a, a hormetic response? Is that the right word? Right. You, you get the stressor, you adapt and your baseline is improved. So you, <laughs> as a sedentary individual, you don't exercise and you don't move. And that is awful. But what can bring about different problems is someone that is a sedentary exerciser. And this is going to be someone that exercises for 45 to 60 minutes. Their recovery day is likely a, I do absolutely nothing all day. The same way that when their training days are, I exercise for 40 to 60 minutes. And then probably for the rest of the day, I'm only staying in one type of position, which might be sitting or standing. And I'm only in those two you know, air quotes, resting positions of sitting or standing. But the bottom line is I'm not really moving. Um, and then you have people that are movers, which is I work out in a traditional sense, like exercise for 45 to 60 minutes. But then outside of that, my resting positions are changing. I'm moving around a lot. And there can be its own challenges there as well. It's not like they have no problems. Like someone that works in uh, a hospital setting, is probably a mover, right? Like they're on their feet a ton and they're maybe they're also sedentary people too. Right. Th there can be. Yeah. yeah. So let's say in this case, it's someone they exercise, then they go to work and they're walking around and they're doing all this crazy stuff. Well, that person probably doesn't have enough self-care if they work like a shift, a shift style work. We already know that has its own host of challenges, but in a beneficial way, a mover would be, I'm 45 to 60 minutes in the gym. I go home. I have a standing desk. I work while standing up. I work while sitting down. I work sitting on the ground cross-legged. I go for walks in the middle of the day so that I can refresh and recoup and have opportunities to almost not hyper-focus on work, but have my brain in the background still working on it as I'm going for a walk with my dog and I get to do all these things. And the point would be, you can be a mover in different type of work and lifestyle scenarios. You just have to find what works best for you. But I think that that's a really good question for anyone that's listening to ask themselves is, am I sedentary? Which if you are, you're probably not aware of this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're a sedentary exerciser, it's going to be 
how much can I incorporate new resting positions into my day and move more? And by resting positions, I mean most people usually choose laying down, sitting, or standing, but you can dramatically change those types of resting positions simply by just saying, how many different ways can I sit on the floor? Uh, And then if you're a mover, it's are you moving in a beneficial way where you're not overwhelming yourself? And never letting yourself chill, but still doing things like I mentioned where you're going on the walk or you're taking a break in your day to go do like a 30-minute yoga that you want to do or something like that. But those three different groups of people will likely have totally different ideas of what recovery is, totally different tools of what they use for recovery or a lack of recovery, uh, and then totally different ways about approaching their day. And that's where, again, going back to it, it's this really holistic whole type of look at recovery is not just... I stretched, I went to sleep, I ate good food. I foam rolled, I went to sleep, I ate good food. It's so, 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 so much more than that. Yeah, we're, we're honestly just touching the, the tip of the iceberg here. That's right, it's bigger underneath. I know, so we can probably go into depth about a lot of each point that we were talking about in this whole rest period and just go elaborate on a lot of it. But <clears throat> we just wanted to touch on about this recovery because I think that um, – because especially when we touch around the whoop, but also people that we deal with, a lot of people that are doing recovery anyway, and we sit in the sauna yeah. with these people. So it's just like, I think it was a good topic to touch, especially before the, um, the holiday the holidays, especially when we go into the holidays in January is when people hit it hard because guess what happens? I want to wear a bikini or a freaking a suit and have fucking six packs. I'm like, ah, well, you know, it just doesn't, you're, it's just, I want to help people create healthy habits. They last yeah. their lifetime. Not just like, you know, it hits the seasonal freaking gap where like everybody wants to hit January running and we're being inundated right now with people, new people coming in the gym. So it's just like, and that's the, that's our main goal is like, you know, like, can we, can we just change your goal into something a little bit different? <laughs> like, like this, how does this, how's your recovery every day going to look after you just smash your body every day in here? How is this going to look? Gotta ease you know? into it. Start ease today and ease it. into like, it. <clears throat> and Tomorrow's it, the day that never comes. And that's what I'm saying. Like we would tell set yourself up for success. Like, your recovery and your rest days are like know your set, body, know your body, and know your, your muscles. You know, like understand your intention behind what you're doing, and it doesn't have to be just fucking beach season. It's like right, bro. And, but I want big biceps, not big legs though. No leg day. You don't want big legs. I mean, what if somebody kicks you in the thigh and you just fall <laughs> over because your biceps are so big? Come on, bro. <laughs> like it's like similar globo gym shit. Like you know, like oh my god, the guy looks huge. Like yeah, that's why he wears sweatpants because he doesn't do leg day. I curl on the squat rack. I curl on the squat rack. Yeah, I saw a meme the other day. I said, I, it, it's like, I saw this guy curl on the squat, squat rack, so I squatted, so I squatted in the squatted curl in rack. The curl rack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's uh, squatting with the curl bar. I know. This is so funny. I was like, I, people are getting funny about the gym right these days. It's hilarious. That's right. It's because the January memes are coming. The January memes are coming. That's right. Just new body, new me. New, what is, it, what is the, uh, the, um, New year, new me kind of thing. New year, new me. Oh, my God. That's right. If I have to hear that shit again, like, stop but Mike, it. Mike, it's the new year. I'm going to be a new me. The Muppets? What did you say? You say Muppets? I said no. I said, but Mike, it's but the my- new year. <laughs> what? You're hearing check, bro. <laughs> my hearing is pretty bad. I am mean, wearing freaking hearing things right now. Like, I'm hearing wearing aids, you old motherfucker. You just things I can't really hear. Because don't, you don't come in through my fucking headphones. That's right. You just The only thing you can hear clearly is slow R&B music. Yeah. <laughs> don't be jealous, man. People love Chris Brown to work out too. You know what I'm saying? Bro, if it's a heavy lifting day and nobody wants to hear some slow R&B. Listen, you got to know your audience for one. 
for one, right? Yeah. When you when I had Chucky the other day, he's one of the athletes in our gym. He's he's, he's great. He was as soon as I played ODB, his light his, the lights lit up in his eyes. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's right, Chuck. I got you, bro. Got to know your audience around here. That is true. I'm so one of the t- best t- DJs around when it comes to gyms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tip for coaches: know know your know your group. Know your audience. Like that's how you're gonna generate motivation for sure. That's right. We'll have to do an episode uh, specifically for coaches where uh, we talk about like how to interact with uh, with athletes. We should do. You know what we should do? We should do a podcast in one of our coaches' meetings. Bro, that'll never happen. We don't think so. That'll never. Bro, that's not what the the coaches' (laughs) meeting is for. CJ wouldn't have it. I mean, the last thirty minutes. Like nah. The last thirty minutes. Like I I just want to like put a drop a mic right in the middle of that. See what happens. These have those Zoom call recording options or whatever. Not Zoom call, but like you know. Oh, so wide is that what it, wide, just gets cast a larger net. Yeah. No, that's good. More of a circle. But <clears throat> all right, y'all. Thanks for listening yeah. uh, to another episode of the Wellness Navigation Podcast. As always, if you're in the Tampa Bay area, uh, you can come by South Tampa CrossFit or Kodawara Yoga Studios. I have the links all in the show notes so you can meet Mike and I face to face and we can talk more lovely health and wellness things or yep. help you on your fitness journey. We definitely um, have openings for PT and, and more stuff. That's right. You too. have openings for one on ones? I've opened up for one on and I have some I have some remote openings as well. Okay, same same. For me, it's just it's just remote. So if you're interested in working with us, you can um, contact us in the in the show notes. We have our email and our Instagram handles there. We're both pretty active on our social media. Yeah. Uh, and as always, feel free to to message us as well if there's specific topics around wellness that you'd like to navigate, and we will talk about them because we literally do this every week. So I've, there will be a never ending amount of things we can talk about. So just tell us if you want a specific thing. We'll hit it at some point better sooner rather than later. I feel like we should start ending our podcast with some R and B, you know what I'm saying? Bro. <laughs> That's not R and B music, but all right, y'all. <laughs> Thanks for listening.